the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. We are all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. In business, we talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomkline.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. It's a live show. You can call into the beautiful studio here in Elk Grove Village at 312 642 5600 312 642 5600 and indeed a jam-packed lineup we have first up on the program i've got stella terry who is the director of strategic accounts at tandem hr you hear their commercials on the program and uh, you hear me talk about their them being a fantastic resource in the world of hr but they are growing which is fantastic so stella welcome to the program Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So uh, let's talk about that growth. Uh, you have been with Tandem for quite a while, but now you are literally stretching the rubber bands. What, uh, what is the latest and greatest in the world of Tandem? Yeah, absolutely. So I have been with Tandem for in several different capacities. So started there about 10 years ago in benefits and also worked with them from an HR consulting perspective and have been back since about January in an account management role and have helped them really head up their opening of the Milwaukee office and just bringing our great solutions for HR to the Milwaukee area. That's great. And um, many business owners in the Chicagoland area have, have seen, have read about the, uh, the growth of Tandem, um, not just in quantity, but in quality and in growth of service offerings. So why the Milwaukee market and um, and and? What specifically uh, do you have in mind in terms of industries and businesses? Sure. So we really looked at our goals as a business a business, and also the need. So we have several clients already in the Milwaukee area, southeast Wisconsin. We wanted to be able to service them a little bit more um, on site, higher touch, uh, given the proximity, and uh, really just be able to be a great resource for them in the Milwaukee area. That's great. So uh, I guess let's zoom out and let's talk about Tandem as a whole um, regarding uh, the offerings. We throw around uh, this acronym of PEO, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm at fault for, for often saying PEO without, uh, without demystifying it. So if you don't mind, let's talk about what a PEO is and how Tandem is a great solution. 
Sure, absolutely. So as you've already said, you know, a lot of what we hear about types of organizations like us is we're a one-stop shop for HR, but what does that PEO really mean? So PEO is a professional employer organization. So we have several models for those HR solutions. The PEO model is really going to be a lot of times the ones that um, our clients are going to be able to find to be the most effective and cost-effective for their business. So that model will serve as a solution for people, and it's often through a co-employment relationship. So through that co-employment relationship, uh, these small to mid-sized businesses are transferring a significant portion of risk and liability as it relates to employment um, to us as the PEO so that they can really focus on their core business and what they offer while we handle all of the administration of payroll taxes, liability, HR, benefits administration, risk management. So how small is too small and how big is too big for a uh, for a business in a PEO? Sure. So that's a great question. I think depending on the t- type of PEO you are and what your goals are, that can look a little bit different across PEOs. But for us, we really don't see any client being too small or too large. So we have clients as small as you know five employees, and then we also have clients that are over 1,000 employees. So we really want to sit down with prospects and look at you as a business, as a business owner. What are your goals? What are What is your history? history and how can we really help you keep your vision while we handle that back-end administration. Fantastic. And later in the program, we are going to be talking actually regarding co-working, and we're going to be uh, talking about small businesses um, that are in growth mode. So uh, you are, as you mentioned, uh, now heading up the Milwaukee uh, office for Tandem HR. So uh, as we talk about a PEO, and uh, thank you for that very helpful explanation, uh, so a small business that might have one person, maybe five people or more, um, and they are looking at uh, at how a PEO can help them. We talk a lot about how uh, health insurance is a major concern for business. What are some of the other services that can be offered in a PEO? What are some of the other benefits to, as you said, partnering um, with a larger pool of companies? Right. So I think health insurance is talked about most often, uh, definitely a huge draw. But with that health insurance and the fact that with our large pool of worksite employees, we can get you really good options in that area. You also have to think about, okay, what do I do once I have these benefits? Who's going to administer them? So who's going to administer that plan? And that's something that we do through our benefits administration service. So you're really hands off as a business owner and your staff and having to deal with that. But you know that your employees are taken care of in that very important aspect of their, you know, whole employee plan. Um, On top of the benefits administration, we do full payroll administration. So that's really actually processing your payroll. Again, pretty hands off from that perspective. Uh, Risk management as well is going to be something that you can get onto our master plans through that PEO relationship. And we're fully managing your risk um, in your workers' compensation plans. Um, Through our sister companies as well, um, this is done. And so we have voluntary benefit offerings. um, And we also have an employee assistance program um, through our through our firm, that will be a great benefit to people as well. That's great. So obviously, the goal of any company is to grow, um, and with growth comes uh, not only the advantages but also some of the challenges that come along as well. So when we talk about HR um, and we share these tips and bits of advice on this program on a weekly basis, uh, companies start to hire people. So you're saying that Tandem offers. A, a full uh, a full package in uh, being able to to administer the payroll, but what about um, the uh, the consultative uh, discussion regarding hiring and potentially even firing? 
Yeah, absolutely. So a very big portion of our business is that HR consultation um, and a very strong arm of what we do and, and part two, a big part of my background. So most business owners that I meet are not going into what they're doing and have the vision that they do because they're thinking about having to deal with those day-to-day HR issues, especially employee relations. So we really focus heavily on that and work with work with teams to work through those issues. And um, when it comes to hiring, we will sit down with you, look at what your growth plans are and help you decide how you can get that done, what you need to take into consideration or not. And then, like you said, there's that whole spectrum of employment. So the firing aspect of it, uh, definitely not a fun part of the job, but we help you do it in the best way so that if you do have to take that route, you know, as a business owner or a manager, you've done everything that you can for your employee to be successful. And you know that you have a very strong group of experts behind you that are making sure it's compliant and compassionate and the right thing to do. So lots of great offerings for lots of great businesses. And I know that the uh, fantastic team at Tandem really uh, serves as a, as a partner uh, in that effort. So with the opening of that Milwaukee office, um, like we said, business with growth comes challenges. How are you going to handle, I'm, I'm not much of a sports fan, but how are you going to handle the rivalry that may exist between, <laughs> uh, between our Chicago teams and Milwaukee? Sure. So it's definitely on our list of challenges. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, do a head nod to that. I actually grew up in Illinois. I've been in Wisconsin for about eight years, and I'm also not a huge sports fan. So I think I'm a pretty neutral ground to to handle those issues. But you know, we'll we'll find ways to keep it fun, keep it light, but uh, without ruffling too many feathers. Okay, others. good. Well, that's uh, that's very very important. So uh, you're getting out there in the uh, in the Milwaukee market. Um, obviously, you have uh, you have clients out there that you're already servicing, but certainly well positioned for uh, for strong growth and for strong uh, service offerings in the uh, Wisconsin uh, and, of course, Illinois and uh, probably beyond um, business community. So, I want to make sure that our listeners know how they can reach you and know how they can set up that initial consultation. How can people get a hold of you and your team? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, going to tandemhr.com will be a great resource. Um, And from there and that website, you will hear our number all over the show as well. Um, So you probably have heard it several times. So reaching out would be the best way. And through that number, you'll be able to reach um, our sales department either either in the Illinois or the Wisconsin area. Excellent. And the website is uh, itself a great resource uh, aside for having all the contact information. Lots of great resources, a great blog, uh, all about employment. And I quote from that blog, uh, almost weekly on this program. So, uh, Stella Terry again, director of strategic accounts and the uh, and and heading up the brand new Tandem HR Milwaukee office. Thanks for joining us one more time. If you don't mind sharing that website um, for our listeners that haven't yet written it down. Yeah, absolutely. It's tandemhr.com. Fantastic. Well, once again, thanks for joining us on the program. We'll be sure to follow the progress of the office and hope to have you back on real soon. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, coming up uh, after the break, I'm going to be chatting with the founder of Life Working Coworking. We talked about it uh, just a moment ago. Steve Whittington will be on the program with me. We're going to talk about uh, the growth of businesses and why coworking is indeed a great solution for many businesses. Uh, Don't touch that dial, Chicago. Uh, Get Down to Business will be back in just a moment. As always, you can download podcasts on my website, shalomkline.com. We'll be right back after this quick break. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. We are the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. And what a great discussion regarding resources for small business. 
But now let's talk about some small businesses and some some additional resources to help small businesses grow. I'm thrilled to be joined here in studio by Steve Whittington, the uh, the founder of Life Working Coworking. And there's a lot of meaning behind those words. Steve, welcome to the program. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So uh, let's talk about uh, about that name, Life Working Coworking. What does that mean to you? Well, um, it's it's funny. The, it's one of the very first things I came up with. It's a little campy, but we want to be part of your life working. And uh, part of what we look at is not only your work life, but how do we help you pivot very quickly to everything else that's important to you. Uh, that's great. And the motto is uh, live life, do more. Um, and uh, that obviously uh, means a lot to an entrepreneur uh, that's that's hustling all the time, hustling and, uh, and, and working hard to grow their business. But that, uh, that doesn't mean that it needs to be painful. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, what is Life Working Coworking, and uh, and how are you helping small businesses? So Life Working Coworking, first of all, it was it was a new word to me about four years ago, and and coworking, at its very basic basic is, um, you know, whether you're a small business, an entrepreneur, it's working with somebody else that's not in your house, that's not in the coffee shop, um, that removes the distractions, but typically is still pretty close to the rest of your life. What life working co-working is, is a suburban version of this. And part of uh, what, we're, what we're trying to prove and what we really are proving is that, in fact, um, this, re- this industry that's growing rapidly is not just for millennials. It's not just um, for tech. Um, and so we have not only entrepreneurs, we have small business, we have nonprofits and really are embedded in the community and proving that this is a concept that has legs in the suburbs as well as in the uh, urban centers. So the initial location is in Lake Forest. Uh, why Lake Forest? And uh, tell us a little bit about the operation over there. Yeah, well, to be honest, it's about two miles away from where I live. So we're sort of eating our own dog food now. Now, as we expand, that will be less true. Um, but the other thing I found, I spent almost a year um, doing, some, doing research before we opened up our first location. And I ran into a lot of uh, freelancers, um, but, but a lot that were um, of my age, you know, post-50, creaky entrepreneur kind of things. Also corporate commuters. You know, we are about an hour away from downtown, and that's a really painful place to be. One, just getting work done. Secondly, you know, you have less of a right to make the basketball game or to make dinner on time. So that's the reason why a suburban location makes sense. It was really close. And Lake Forest, as a, um, a, you know, as a municipality, as a community, was really friendly to us as well. That's great. So uh, in the space of life working, co-working in Lake Forest, so tell us a little bit about the uh, environment, the culture, and, and, and what the place looks like now. Oh, those are two great questions. So, so what it looks like, so the space... We're about 8,000 square feet. Um, the heartbeat, um, what we would have called in the old days the water cooler, is a cafe right in the center. And then we have the different, uh, we have some private offices. So you can come in and you can hide yourself away 24 by 7. But the majority of our members, it's like a gym. They take a space that might be behind a door so they can do an audio, so they can make a, an audio conference. Or they have a height adjustable desk because they're going to be working on a project for a while. Or they're just in a, in a quick drop-in space and they don't mind that somebody's right beside them. A lot of our members actually really like some of the noise uh, of, of the office space, even though it's not their, their colleagues and coworkers. Um, and so the, and we had, then we have tech-enabled conference rooms. You know, my background, I was 20 years with Procter & Gamble. And my background was, was uh, network telecommunications. And so we are a very cyber-secure location as well. Um, 
but that's the space. I often say that that's, you know, that's the price of doing business at co-working, but it's the place that we are. Um, and so when you've been heads down for two hours, you lift your head and um, you want to collaborate, you go to grab a coffee, you suddenly find somebody that's standing there and you may share a business opportunity, or you may share, you know, there may be something in your background from a social perspective. And we have so many stories from day one about that serendipity. And I will tell you, that's the reason I do it. We have a great looking space and it will rival any that are in Chicagoland, but that's not the reason you do it. Oh, fascinating. And you've already uh, touched on so many of the points that I wanted to cover about your background. We'll get back to that in just a moment. But the networking is really interesting. Um, anybody that knows me in, uh, in the Skokie community, where, uh, where, uh, where I hail from, uh, everybody knows where my uh, usual Starbucks spot is. And uh, I don't do work at coffee shops. People think I live there. I don't. I actually do work elsewhere. That's where I meet people because I do enjoy that, uh, that little buzz and that energy that's created. But what you've done is you've sort of combined the two, uh, the two things of that great work environment, but also that great social environment as well. So uh, I know uh, coffee must probably be one of the most important ingredients that life working, co-working. Absolutely it is. Now, and, and what's interesting about that is because we are embedded in the community, we don't want to be a coffee shop. We want to showcase a local roaster or the coffees that are in the area. But it is important. Um, absolutely. That's great. So uh, let's talk uh, a little bit about the details. So uh, what is the, uh, the pricing model at Life Working Coworking? So we are more like a gym than anything. You are not our uh, tenant. Um, we, we run um, you know, by the hour, week, or month. Um, you don't have to be a member. Your basement could flood and you need to come in and use us today. That's happened. Um, you could be a small business that uh, has a pretty good um, home office, but you need a professional address and you need a place to meet clients and you don't want to do that at home. Or you're a commuter or, or a, a management consultant and you really do need a place to land two to three days a week. Uh, and, our, and our pricing then with that from the, uh, you've got our address is a monthly at $99 per month, all the way up to our, to um, a, um, on, on average, we say on average three days a week. And really what that means is we look at your use over the, over the month. We're very flexible. And that's, that's uh, under $500 a month. And that gives you address, phone number, storage, uh, 24 by 7 access, and a cybersecurity that you won't get elsewhere that you're working. So all of the resources at a fraction of the price, and that's uh, because uh, we used the term uh, pooling uh, earlier, um, because you're pooling all of the resources together. So, uh, Steve, you have touched on something really important. And on your website, which we'll share in just a moment, um, you uh, touch on all the statistics relating to co-working, which is truly fascinating, and it is a growing trend. But your aim is not to just do it just like everybody else, but to do it way better. So what is next uh, beyond Lake Forest? What, uh, what will the company look like and the locations look like in five years from now? Well, that's a great question. You know, um, in addition to the small business uh, entrepreneurs, small businesses that come in, we've seen a rapid growth in corporate use of offsite ideation meetings. So that's a part of our model that we're embracing. And so in five years, you know, so I'll break that down. In the next two, uh, two years, we expect to have several suburban locations in Chicagoland. In five years, uh, and that would be, you know, another, I'll, I'll put it out, that would be another capital raise. But in five years, we expect to be a regional suburban player that, that continues to be really focused on 
you know, the macro uh, from a market perspective, from a demographic, and the macro from an industry perspective. Oh, fantastic. So uh, we only have a couple of minutes remaining, but I want to go back to your background because I know you are beyond passionate about this, uh, passionate about the, uh, the growth for the company, but also passionate about the members that you are, uh, that you are mm-hmm. serving um, because you are such a, an integral part of their growth. So the man behind this all, um, why, why and how are you doing what you're doing now? Well, that's a great question. Um, so so I, um, my, my background at P&G that played in was um, technically being able to provision a work from anywhere at any time um, um, capability all over the world for, for Procter & Gamble. And I learned, um, we were, uh, my wife and I were both employees of P&G, so to manage a du- dual career situation, you had to you know, stick and move and, and be very flexible. Um, so we really um, appreciated that opportunity that we could both be uh, have our careers. Fast forward now to life, work, and co-working. That's a, a core perspective. And I'll, tell, I'll just share one quick story. Is our, one of our very first members is a director of sales and marketing for a Fortune 200 company. Walked through the door. Um, two months later, we had his wife on video saying that our relationship is better because my spouse is out of the house. <laughs> and the next second he said, and my dad called me and I was five minutes away. So that's amazing. why we do it. Amazing. That's why amazing. You've got some great stories, uh, some great successes, and I'm excited to see what is next. Steve Whittington, once again, uh, the founder of Life Working Coworking. I want to make sure our listeners know how they can get in touch with you so they can tour the space and read a little bit about the statistics and, uh, and, and why they should consider co-working for their business. How can they get a hold of you? So um, you can catch us online at mylifeworking.com. Our number is 847-457-2662. And please stop by between 830 and 5. And if you mention this, this uh, radio station and you mention Shalom, we've got a complimentary day pass there for you. Fantastic. MyLifeWorking.com. We'll be back after the headlines. Don't touch that dial, Chicago. Thanks, Steve, for joining us. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. I'm thrilled to be joined by the author of a brand new book, uh, Cash Nickerson. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Cash. Great to have you on. Let's talk about the book um, and, uh, and, and what inspired you. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Well, great. Yes, thank you. And thank you so much for having me on. Uh, the book is called The Samurai Listener, and it's about really the value and power of learning to be a great listener as opposed to what we spend our time being trained to do and what we tend to spend our time doing, which is talking. And it really lays out and redefines uh, listening in this broader sense. What I had noticed over the course of an entrepreneurial career, executive career, legal career, uh, in my 30, almost 35 years of uh, being out and about, uh, I started to realize that the people who were most successful were actually taking things in in a way that was better, more powerful, stronger. It really gave them the edge. The edge didn't come from being a smooth talker. The edge came from taking more in from those around you sure. and applying it. Well, and uh, so Cash, uh, I've read The yeah. Samurai Listener, and I've I've read a little yeah. bit about your background. And uh, I, I, I've got a few questions that I know are very, very relevant for uh, entrepreneurs and business owners in particular. Um, entrepreneurs by nature are running around meeting to meeting, 
And uh, it's it's often hard to, I guess, call it to focus. How, w- what are some of the tips that, that you share in the book? I don't want you to share everything, but how to get in the zone and truly focus in the moment. Well, the very best one, I think, and there's lots of good ones, but one that I think is particularly helpful is, you know, when we own a small business, it's just, there's a hundred billion things on your mind and you carry that around with you everywhere and you carry it to meetings. And you'll spend most of the meeting with your brain circling around of what am I going to do about employee so-and-so, when in fact you really need to be paying attention to the meeting you're in. And so the best way to handle that is before you go to a meeting is taking all those things that are spinning around in your head and compartmentalizing them by writing them down on a piece of paper, put it in your PDA, wherever you want to do with it, but to get it out of your head for the meeting to acknowledge the fact that this stuff is spinning around <laughs> like the spin cycle in a, in a uh, washing machine and you, and you got to set it aside. Otherwise you have no chance. Our minds just are not function to be self compartmentalizing very well. So I must ask regarding the, uh, regarding the story behind, um, behind the book. I know that you are an avid martial artist and uh, you have a really interesting uh, business background but you've clearly absorbed some certain uh, skills and uh, and techniques that obviously you share through the book. And we'll share more information in just a moment regarding how our listeners can find the book. But what was the moment for you where you realized you are learning something and that you have something uh, that can and should be relevant to others? You know, it's an excellent question. I think... In terms of the the martial arts context, it was the realization that why did I why did I concentrate so well when practicing martial arts, and why when I trained with champions that they just seemed to be so in tune with what was going to happen next. It was that focus, that concentration, and that's because the consequences of not focusing and not paying attention are so high. Right, you get hit, and so you're kind of forced into that state. In a business context, as I applied those skills, calling on a customer out in the Northeast, um, being getting in that same zone uh, and um, paying, a t- paying attention the way I talk about and listening to what I talk about in the book, I was able to, rec- to re- uh, recast and recount what a customer needed and wanted it so clearly and carefully without taking notes that they said afterwards, they said, did you write that on your hand? <laughs> And I said, no, I listened. And I said, you know, as a company, we listen. And we got multi-million dollar order as a result. That's great advice. And I know that um, you talk a lot about how to listen to remember. And all these techniques, uh, I've enjoyed uh, reading from the book. I don't want to share them all with our listeners because I want to make sure that they check it out. Um, It's a fantastic book, once again, called The Samurai Listener, written by... um, by Cash Nickerson and Cash, um, I just love looking on your website, looking at that uh, that photo of you, um, the uh, <laughs> the two photos of you in that business suit and uh, your martial artist uh, outfit. It's it's just fantastic. So you've got a fascinating story, some fascinating tips. Once again, I want to make sure our listeners can find it. How can people learn more and uh, purchase the book? Well, you mentioned the website, and that's really a great place to start. Cash at cashnickerson.com. 
And of course, the books available at Barnes and Barnes and Noble, Amazon, all the usual uh, outlets. Uh, that's great. Well, check out the website cashnickerson.com. Uh, the book is called The Samurai Listener. Um, and you'll read a little bit about the author of uh, that book and several other fantastic books um, talking about how to how to listen better, uh, how to handle conflict, express respect for clients and associates, and ultimately transform into leaders. It's a great read. Um, check it out, cashnickerson.com. Coming up after the break, we are going to be chatting with Dove Snow. We are going to be chatting about cryptocurrency. Bitcoin, all those things that you've heard a lot about, but you don't know what exactly it means. Dove will be demystifying it. You don't want to miss that segment and the advice that he is going to share. We're going to be back on Get Down to Business in just a moment. We're powered by Tandem HR. Check them out, tandemhr.com. But Chicago, don't touch that dial. You'll listen to Get Down to Business. Hey, you're listening to the show, which is all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm thrilled to be joined by my good friend, Dove Snow. Dove, welcome to the program. Hey, Shalom. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's great to have you. You and I have had many a conversation about this next topic, which I have to say, you are uh, a fantastic educator. Um, You've taught me more than I ever expected to know about uh, this term, Bitcoin and uh, and cryptocurrency, I know these are still very, very, very new uh, topics, but uh, you have uh, been way ahead of the curve, and uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about it. And uh, but most importantly, uh, Dove, I'm I'm curious to know why do you think it's important that we talk about it today? Where do you think this this uh, this fascinating uh, concept is going to go over the coming years? Well, there, there's two fundamental uh, points to discuss on why it's important to understand what's going on, you know, today, uh, which is Bitcoin and blockchain. Um, Bitcoin is the first and largest decentralized currency that currently exists. In fact, I, I used it today um, when, when purchasing <laughs> some groceries in, in Jewel. And the other concept, um, and more importantly, is the concept of blockchain. Uh, are the two fundamental concepts that we have to speak about um, today. Uh, Bitcoin uh, is a a phenomenal technology that, when combined with blockchain, can create um, efficiencies in ways that we hadn't seen before. Um, for example, um, when purchasing a house, you have to have escrow services. And via Bitcoin, if you are able to show proof of, you know, deed, you're able to transfer it without um, any intermediary. Fascinating. So uh, what is the what is the story behind um, behind blockchain, Bitcoin? Why? Why is it necessary? Um, let's uh, let me just sort of dumb it down. OK, so on a normal transaction, um, you are going to the store, there is the payment processor, there is the person purchasing the good, there is the purchase person that you're buying the good from, there is the bank in between. Um, in the original economies, when economies were first created, it was very difficult for people to keep track um, of these purchases. Um, if, for example, the very first purchase was my bread for your jelly, um, and we wanted to keep track of that, in the community, you'd have to have a person or a horse going from vendor to vendor 
keeping track, and that was technologically very, very difficult. As we grow, and as a result of that, you had to have sort of a centralized system where you had someone you could trust, um, like a bank, where it would be secure, um, where they would be incentivized to keep very good records, you know, taking fees, and they would keep track for everybody, and then they would be the, the uh, person of record, which is basically what we have now. The issue with that is, and I'll give a Monopoly example, is if you're playing Monopoly and the banker can really skim 5 or $10 uh, without anybody really knowing. Um, but if you had a digital scoreboard for Monopoly, like at, um, at Wrigley Field, where you may not necessarily be able to see the names or understand the names of the teams, but you would see the numbers and the scores moving, there would be no way for a banker or any third party to alter the score without everybody noticing. So that is one of the major concepts of decentralization of a decentralized ledger. So it is so different is- than than any other currency on, on so many levels. And I, I know our, our few-minute conversation won't do this topic justice. We're going to have to have you on, but uh, in a moment I'm going to ask you to share some resources. There are so many differences right now in the uh, in the U.S. dollar. So we have pennies, we have nickels, we have dimes, we have quarters, and so on. It, with cryptocurrency, it's not divisible in that same way, and it's really it's it's as much or as little as the two parties that are agreeable to the currency set up for themselves. Is that right? Um, so that's actually not as accurate um, as you think. There is. Just like in a dollar, there is a cent. In Bitcoin, there is something called a sat or a satoshi, which is named after the infamous founder, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, who no one knows where he is you know, to this day, um, in 2008. And um, a Bitcoin can be broken down by eight different decimal places, and 0.0000001 would be one sat or one satoshi, and a Bitcoin can be broken down all the way to that point. Oh, my goodness, Dove. We're going to have to spend a lot more time on this. Oh, my goodness. I have so much more to learn. But cryptocurrency is something, uh, and Bitcoin and, 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 uh, and blockchain is something that um, you believe uh, businesses, business owners should, uh, should learn more about? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I mean, just to give you some insight into more recent large-scale news, you know, less than two weeks ago, the SEC um, came out, that's the Security and Exchange Commission, came out that Ethereum, which is the second largest of the cryptocurrencies, um, is actually not a security. You know, one of the fears that there was was that it would be labeled a security, and it's not, which just allows, you know, more mainstream adoption, which is one of the many reasons that people should just be aware of what's going on around them. Wow. Wow. So, Dove, um, we are running out of time, and I want to make sure that our listeners can learn more are there any specific websites that you would recommend um, to uh, to uh, read up on the topic? Yes, sure. Uh, Bitcoin.com um, is a great place uh, to start. Um, that's one of the places you can actually, you know, buy Bitcoin, I believe. Um, that's a really good one. Uh, Coindesk is a good place to start. Also, Coindesk.com. 
That's fantastic. And I'll link to all of these sites uh, through my website. Dove, I appreciate you coming on this show to, uh, to talk about it. We need to spend more time on it. Really interesting topic. But again, thank you, Dove Snow, an expert on uh, blockchain, cryptocurrency. We're going to be back with some more tips in just a moment. Chicago, don't touch that dial. Welcome back. Uh, my mind is blown. What a fascinating conversation um, with Dove Snow. I feel, uh, usually I feel at the end of the program, far more knowledgeable. I think at this, uh, at this point tonight, I know exactly what I'll be reading. I'll be reading about the subject of, uh, of blockchain. And uh, even after a few hours of reading, I probably will, uh, will still be uh, unknowledgeable and uneducated on the topic. We're going to have to learn a lot more. But as always, we'll be linking to all of our guests. A fantastic conversation today with Stella Terry from Tandem HR, Steve Winnington, from Life Working, Coworking, and Cash Nickerson, the author of The Samurai Listener, followed by Dove Snow, who demystified the topic of cryptocurrency. So what a great lineup. We are powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. You can find them online, tandemhr.com, or give them a call, 630-928-0510. So Wednesday was a good day. For the first time in a long while, I wasn't rushing um, anywhere. I had the time to focus on the three Ps, projects, paperwork, and phone calls. And while the first two went fairly well, apparently there's additional paperwork needs to go along with the paperwork I finished. Sigh. My phone calls contained some unexpected lessons in communication. Two of the calls that I made were to colleagues I know well and have worked with over the past three to four years. One of them I definitely consider a friend, yet both phone calls had rough beginnings. A moment where I could hear I was intruding or interrupting that I wasn't welcome. Surprised, I stuttered a bit and tripped over my words, briefly lost my focus. Once the calls ended, I spent much of the day and evening wondering why did that happen? I believe each call was impacted by a number of factors and by each participant, and I wanted to share that with you here today. My calls were received on cell phones and did indeed interrupt the other person. I know I experienced this all the time. They were doing something else. My timing was not good. To tell me this, they spoke with clipped words and a chilly tone. I do this all the time as well. I do understand. I do this myself, and you probably have too. There are better options. If a call is a terrible interruption, let it go to voicemail. I do that a lot. There are better options. Um, that's, uh, by the way, putting letting somebody go to voicemail. That's uh, so much better than a chilly beginning to what could be an important conversation. Or B, don't answer the call quickly. Use the first ring to stop what you're doing. Decide um, that you're going to answer. And although it sounds silly, put a smile on your face. It will change the sound of your voice and it won't throw your annoyance at the caller. All phone calls are an interruption. None of us are sitting around waiting for the phone to ring. By answering between the second and third ring instead of the first, you can make sure you welcome the caller. These days, I ignore most of my calls. Um, that's the truth. I schedule calls and those are the calls that I take. The uh, calls that I cannot take, I send to voicemail. And then I'll send a text or an email to that person and say, let's schedule a time. Each of those individuals that I spoke to uh, answered so quickly, they may, they may have not looked at a caller ID. And this probably impacted their tone knowing it was me. Both of them could have quickly said, didn't want to ignore your call, but this isn't a good time. I'll call you back. Longstanding relationships allow for this, and we should do it more often. Because I know both these people I did start my conversation with, how are you? And it wasn't appreciated. Both colleagues got a bit defensive. Why? Because they heard that I wanted to chat and that I wasn't going to be efficient. Starting with the reason for my call would have been a lot less awkward. Assumptions played a role in both calls. For one of them, I left a detailed message the day before and said I'd call again when they answered the next day. I assumed they knew what I was calling about, but their gruff what's up indicated that they had not listened to my message. This is so common today. We have to stop making assumptions about um, about who's listening to voicemail. The other call followed up to an email. They assumed I understood 
that if they hadn't replied, the answer was no, that it had not occurred to me. This is my continual life lesson. Don't make any assumptions. And one of those calls contained the information that the other person thought was bad news or at least disappointing for me. So it was difficult for them to relax in the conversation and be direct. But being indirect is a sure sign that something is not being said. It can create defensiveness or impatience. Um, when we have something uncomfortable to say, it's best to say it as soon as possible. If necessary, you could preface it with, I'm uncomfortable saying this to you, or I think you're going to be disappointed. All of us are spending less time talking on the phone. When you connect voice to voice, what are you doing to make your conversations more effective? I'd love to hear those thoughts and those answers from you. I'd love to hear how your week's been. You can get in touch with me on my website, shalomkline.com. That's also where you can download podcasts from this very show. Once again, shalomkline.com. Follow me on Twitter at shalomkline. I post tips and information. To success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday right here on AM 560. The answer at 6 p.m. Be sure to check out our sponsors, tandemhr.com. We'll talk to you next Sunday. Hope you have a great week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.